In order to be happy and have a semblance of work-life balance in the 21st century, we need solid strategies for nurturing our inner lives and the right sides of our brains. Let's talk about imbuing your career with what it takes to achieve balance, contentment, and an engaged right hemisphere right here on episode 186 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hello and welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. I am so grateful you're listening, whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been here with me for months or years. Thanks for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, inspiration, and ideas that'll get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. If you want to see the show notes for this episode, follow along at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 186. And before we dig into the meat of the episode, I have a few asks of you, dear listener. Please consider becoming a patron of The Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners have done, because they value the show and they want to support the work that we're doing here. When you pledge, you get cool gifts and premiums directly from me, and you can head to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Nurse Keith to read all about it. Please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com. Check out my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash nursekeithcoaching and instagram.com forward slash nursekeithcoaching. And remember to leave a rating and review of the Nurse Keith Show over on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. Those are my sincere asks of you today. So let's jump into the studio and dig right into today's topic. You know, in managing our careers and our busy lives, we nurses can be super focused on what I call the outer aspects of life and work. Family, shopping, resumes, job hunting, going to school, raising our children, doing chores, playing on social media. You know, how do we keep our inner life fed and watered. I am going to be exploring here with you on this episode my top 10 strategies for cultivating your inner life and nurturing happiness, wellness, and your personal and professional balance as a 21st century nurse with a very full life and a career that I'm sure you would like to grow and nurture with time. There are so many paths to finding our inner self. It's a very personal journey. It's one that we begin when we're born and ends when we die, of course. And in our adulthood is when the rubber hits the road, when we can really do that inner work and create the life and the experience that we really want to have here on the planet. And we need to consider how to nurture that light inside of us, our creative spark, and the need to create some form of balance in our lives when we are faced with a culture, a society, or maybe just the circumstances of our lives and our careers that make peace and nurturing ourselves a little more difficult to pull off. 
Living now in the 21st century, I'm recording this in December of 2018 as the year comes to a close, we can get pretty overwhelmed and distracted. And like I've said before, it's almost like our entire society has ADHD. Do you notice how so many people, I just can't even fathom how many people always have this tendency or usually have the tendency to say, I'm so busy. Everybody says busy, busy, busy. And I feel like that is a cop-out. We are saying we're too busy to call a sick friend, to stop by someone's house, to reach out to our family, to take care of ourselves. We just say we're too busy. And, you know, I don't even use that word anymore because I feel like it's such an excuse and it's so common now that I just don't even want to have that word in my vocabulary anymore. I don't want to say I'm too busy to record a podcast. I don't want to say I'm too busy to take a shower, (laughs) or I'm too busy to make sure I get exercise or get enough sleep. The process of creating a balanced life is realizing that those types of excuses just don't fly anymore. And if they do fly with you, something's wrong. We need to be able to nurture every aspect of ourselves, no matter how much we have going in our lives. And I know a lot of you out there have pretty intense lives. You've got aging parents, you've got children, you've got spouses with disabilities, or you might have a chronic illness or disability yourself. And yeah, there's so much to do, but don't you want to have more fun? Don't you want to be more creative? Don't you want to find a way to enjoy the small things more? Wouldn't you like to engage the right side of your brain, that creative, malleable, emotional part of your brain? Would you like to have more joy, more happiness and contentment in your life on a regular basis? Do you want to have a healthier overall lifestyle and work style, even though certain days will be hard, of course? And do you want to consciously do things that help to balance out the stressors that you're experiencing on a daily basis? I bet your answer to most of those questions is yes. If your answer to each question was no, you might want to turn off the podcast and then go busy yourself, I don't know, doing something around your house. But if you have any interest at all, in engaging the right side of your brain and making things happen in your life differently, please listen on. So before we get to strategies one through five, I want to just say that to achieve our goal of more authentically connecting with who we really are and our desire for balancing happiness. There are lots of things to do. The 10 strategies in this podcast episode are not the be-all and end-all. Some of them may not work for you. You may disagree with some of them. And if you have other ones, I would like to know what they are. The purpose is to create a life that's more easeful, that's more growthful, and that's more joyful while assuring that our career still gets what it needs. And I talk about careers here on the show all the time. And since I'm a holistic career coach, I often like to delve a little bit into the areas of self-care and creating the life that we want. Because if we don't create the life that we want, 
we're not going to have the career that we want either. So having gotten that out of the way, strategy number one is to remember your spiritual life. This is a tough one for me. I will admit it up front, and that's why it's number one on the list, because this is a really hard one for me. Some of you may be lucky in a certain respect that you have a church or mosque or dojo or synagogue or meditation center you go to, or maybe an alternative church like my wife likes to go to sometimes here in Santa Fe, or you may use the Cathedral of Nature as your church. But remember that your spiritual life doesn't have to revolve around religion. Spirituality and religion can be mutually exclusive. However, belonging to a faith community can be a very helpful thing. And I'm wondering if any of you out there do get the support you need from your faith community. Speaking of faith communities, faith leaders can be a great source of support for you you may already know that. If you have a faith leader in your life, maybe it's time to reach out to them. And if you don't have one, it might be time to reach out. I also know certain people who belong to churches where they feel very, very supported, where they feel like the other congregants really offer them a lot when they see them on Sundays or Saturdays and when they talk to them or connect with them offline. So, some people might prefer a private prayer practice or meditation practice. That's perfectly fine. You might prefer organized religion or some sort of class or course or something that helps you to feel more connected with your spirituality. Whatever it is, remember that there needs to be a way to nurture your spiritual life. Strategy number two is to get your body moving on a regular basis. Movement is essential. And of course, we want to move it because we don't want to lose it. And if you see elderly people who can't get up off the floor when they've fallen, a lot of that has to do with muscular atrophy. Of course, there's lots of other things going on with elderly people, but as we stop moving around as much, our glutes, our abs, our legs, our arms, they're not as strong as they used to be, and getting up off the floor can be pretty darn difficult. And your exercise regimen is really up to you. You might enjoy going to Nia or Zumba or yoga classes, or you might just cobble together a fitness program yourself. The secret here is consistency and quality and doing something that won't necessarily get you bored, which means you have to switch it up from time to time. And I need to do that with my own fitness program. This is a reminder to me. And if you're doing yoga classes, for instance, certain yoga centers have a very spiritual leaning, and you might find that your spiritual side can be fed by the yoga classes you go to, although some yoga classes admittedly are pretty straightforward, basically for fitness and stretching and don't have a spiritual aspect at all. So you could potentially take care of your spiritual health and your physical health in yoga if you find the right teacher and the right venue. Just remember that exercise is so good for you. It releases endorphins. It helps you on so many levels. Remember exercise and movement are your friend. Strategy number three 
Remember, we're talking about the right side of the brain here, the creative side of the brain. And strategy number three is remembering your creative self. I need some help in this area as well. I have not been as creatively engaged these last few years, and that definitely needs to change. Creativity is something where we can get lost in something that we're doing. Time passes quickly, or time stands still, and we have a moment of forgetting about our problems, forgetting about the patients or colleagues, and we're caught up in our needlepoint or our knitting or your baking creatively. That's your creative outlet. Or maybe gardening or anything else that gets you into the right side of your brain and gets you out of that left side, that wholly logical, mathematical, scientific side. What is a creative outlet that will work for you? And if you don't have one, what could it be? Strategy number four is to engage with a counselor or therapist. Yes, I am a lifelong user of such services and relationships since I was in my 20s. I am in therapy now. I'm not ashamed to admit it. It can be super, super helpful. It can be long-term. It can be midterm. It can be short-term. But I am a big advocate. And sometimes... We need another person in our life to help us untie the knots of our lives. And you might find a therapist who's very interested in play or body-centered psychotherapy, where they're very interested in the ways in which you use your body and the way you hold tension and stress and memories in your body. However it is you would like to approach it, you can find someone who might have the tools to be able to move the needle for you. So counseling, therapy can be super helpful, especially if you're stuck in a moment in your life and you need to get things moving again. Counseling can be one of the ways to make that happen. Strategy five is to seek out pleasure and leisure. Pleasant experiences release endorphins. They help get us out of our heads, like I was just talking about how time can fly by or stand still when we're engaged in a creative pursuit, like using a coloring book or drawing or writing poetry or reading poetry, strolling in nature, listening to music. That's one I use a lot. Some people like rock climbing or roller coasters. That is definitely not for me. Some people prefer sex. Some people prefer all sorts of other activities and things they can do to move the needle for them in terms of increasing their quotient of pleasure and leisure in their lives. Even if you don't have time to take a vacation or don't have money to go away, you can create pleasurable experiences in your life on a daily, weekly, monthly, and annual basis. These are experiences of differing intensities and longevity. And some of them might be expensive undertakings like going to the Galapagos. And some of them might be things that you do for free, like going to the local park and listening to music on your earbuds and sitting under your favorite tree and reading poetry, whatever it happens to be. Remember that laughter is so healing for the body and the mind and the psyche and the spiritual self. Pleasure Experiencing pleasure is our birthright. And if you are a hardworking nurse who works day in and day out and takes care of your family and your children and your elderly parents and your pets and your neighbors and your community, it is time for you to set yourself up to experience 
some more pleasure. When we come back for the break, we are going to talk about strategies six through 10. So stick around and we will be right back. We are going to take a pause for the cause for our very generous sponsor, Rasmussen College. They are offering their flexible online RN to BSN program. It's designed for working registered nurses who want to earn their BSN while balancing family, work, and school. The program is accredited by the Commission on Collegiate Nursing Education. It is offered through subscription-based pricing, which means you pay one price, $4,250 per six-month term, plus your book fees, and you can complete as many courses as you want in that amount of time. They anticipate that most students will finish in three terms for $4,250 per term. The program offers eight start dates per year, and Rasmussen's RN to BSN is a competency-based education, and with CBE, your learning is prioritized over time, giving students greater control to balance work and life with their college experience. Curriculum prioritizes expanding leadership skills and QSEN, quality and safety education for nurses, and Rasmussen College provides innovative student support, a 24-hour support center, tutoring assistance, and nursing library and learning support. Learn more by visiting rasmussen.edu, that is R-A-S-M-U-S-S-E-N dot E-D-U. My sincere thanks to Rasmussen College for their generous support of the Nurse Keith Show. And we are back. Thanks for hanging out with me here on the airwaves for episode 186 of the Nurse Keith Show. We are diving into our 10 strategies for bringing more, more, more to your inner life. And we are now going to introduce strategy six which is using nature as a source of healing for a soul in need of peace. So nature can fulfill our need for spiritual fulfillment, going back to strategy number one, and for exercise and movement, going back to strategy number two. You can see how nature can play many roles in your life. If you're a nature-oriented person, there are lots of things that you can do, but it's not necessarily limited to hiking or canoeing or skiing or camping or swimming. The list goes on and on, but there's plenty of things that you can create in your life to bring some nature to you. Studies have shown that having greenery outside your windows really can decrease your stress and invoke a relaxation response and provides psycho-emotional healing. Having plants inside the house can also have the same effect. However you engage with nature, there are ways to get out there, get some fresh air, get some sun, play in the snow, run in the rain, walk on your favorite trail, sit under your favorite tree. Like I said earlier, nature can really help you get in touch with the right side of your brain, unless you're sitting under the tree reading a physics textbook or a nursing textbook, please take some time to sit under a tree not doing any of those types of things. <laughs> Strategy number seven, hire a coach. Yes, I am a coach, of course. And at its core, 
Coaching is different from psychotherapy or counseling because it's not about treating your pathology. It's not about prescribing psychological solutions or treatments. It's about goal setting. It's about creating techniques and finding strategies for making your life the way you would like it to be. A good coach knows how to do this for you. And there are coaches like me who are career coaches, but you can find life coaches, spiritual coaches, relationship coaches. There's all sorts of coaches out there in the world right now, especially here in the United States, and they're sprouting up all the time. Do your due diligence. Find someone that you really connect with who can help you strategize about creating and having the life that you truly want. And if nurturing your inner life, if bringing more energy and blood flow and attention to the right side of your brain, your creative self is part of that, then there might be a coach out there who can help you do just that. You might want to find an artistic coach or an art teacher or someone who can really walk alongside of you and hold you accountable and give you homework and things to do to really make things change in the aspects of your life where you need them to change, where things need to shift. And you never know what small piece of advice, what little snippet of wisdom might change the entire way you look at your life or the way you approach a certain aspect of your life or your relationships or your work. So consider coaching as another tool in your tool belt when you need it most. Strategy number eight, get some rest for crying out loud. Are you a night nurse? Do you work graveyard shift? What is your sleep quality like? How do you practice your sleep hygiene? If you're not a night nurse, maybe you work nine to five or seven to three or three to 11. What do you do in order to make sure you get enough rest? Are you a nap taker? I am, I could say, an Olympic level napper. I could definitely take part in the Olympic napping competition. I would definitely give the other nappers a run for their money. I love my power naps, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. When I get a little sleepy or worn out during the day and I have a moment, I set the alarm on my iPhone and I close my eyes and I'm a very lucky person in that I'll probably fall asleep within five minutes. Some of you might not have that gift. Some of you might call it a curse, but rest is so important for your brain, so important for every aspect of who you are and your health. I'm a big, big proponent of getting enough rest. And if you are not, something needs to change. Strategy number nine, be a polymath. If we go back to episode 76, and there is a link to episode 76 in the show notes, that episode was all about nurse polymaths. And polymaths are people who know a lot, or at least a fair amount, about many things. They're people who have many, many interests. And I believe that polymathism is really good for us. It's good for our brains. It's good for our psyches. It's good to get ourselves thinking in different ways and looking at other strategies for viewing life and viewing the world. And for myself, 
Polymathism comes into play a great deal in terms of what I read. This past summer for my 54th birthday, I bought myself a Kindle. It's my second Kindle. I dropped one a few years ago and it summarily broke, so I bought another one. And I bought the Kindle mostly because I'm tired of books piling up around our house and then figuring out what to do with them. So it makes travel easier. And I find that I can really go through a lot of books on a Kindle. There's something about that type of swiping motion that really works for me. And I can plow through a lot of books and take notes and highlight things. And it's really helpful for me. And the books I've been reading lately will give you a sense of my reading polymathism, or you could say I have very Catholic tastes in literature and books. So the most recent book I read was Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. It was awesome, scientific nonfiction, really fun. He's a great writer, very engaging. The other book I read just before that was Beneath a Scarlet Sky by Mark Sullivan. That is fictionalized history from World War II. It was fascinating and very engaging, and I didn't want it to end. Another book I read was Educated by Tara Westover, a really incredible memoir, maybe one of the best memoirs I've ever read about a woman growing up in Utah, being homeschooled, not even having a birth certificate or a social security number, and figuring out how to create a life for herself from being raised in this extremely isolated community. And finally, another book I read over the last few months was Life, the autobiography of Keith Richards, the guitarist for the Rolling Stones. So you can see from those four books that my tastes range very far and wide, and I purposefully switch from one type of book to the other so that my brain stays engaged and my creative thinking stays engaged. So none of the books I mentioned are about business or podcasting or nursing or healthcare or writing or anything like that. And yes, I do read books and articles and blog posts and listen to podcasts about those subjects. I always make sure to be reading something completely unrelated to the things that I do. And you know what? That polymathism, that broad range of interests that I have, intellectual and artistic and creative interests, keeps my mind juicy. It keeps me thinking and and looking at my life through various prisms. And I promise you that reading books like this will open your mind and open your psyche and provide you with a little bit of escape too. And escapism is all the rage. I love escapism, and I recommend that you find ways to escape in nature, in books, in yoga, in sex, in whatever it happens to be. Find ways to get out of yourself. Finally, strategy number 10, honor yourself. And I'm not kidding. We are caregivers, aren't we, we nurses? And we have a lot of skill and compassion and expertise. We help people to honor their own needs and we honor the needs of others. You need to honor your needs about wellness, self-care, your sense of personal balance, your sense of safety in the world, whatever it happens to be. Honor your time, your physical and emotional energy, your finances, your boundaries with other people. Every other aspect of what makes your life your life, you need to honor and I honor you for honoring yourself. So if you feel time is your enemy, 
If these 10 strategies seem like they just take too much time, here is your homework. Ready? This homework is in the show notes at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 186, or you can write it down right now. Carry a pen and paper around with you for a minimum of seven days, if not 14 days. And I want you to keep a list in 30-minute to 60-minute increments of how you spend your time. Once you've done that and you have an inventory of what you do with each 24-hour period, because that's all we have every day, you will find that your time is being sucked dry by Facebook, Instagram, Netflix, email, whatever those activities are that you are spending an inordinate amount of time doing, you can devote some of that time to healthier and more nurturing activities. Now, I will say that I love watching Netflix. I love playing on Instagram. I love doing the other things that I do that I know suck some of my time. However, I keep some track of how much time I spend doing those things, and I make sure I read, get out in nature, go to the gym, do all those other things that really make me happy and feel good about my life and myself. So the thing is to have consciousness about how you spend your time. And if it feels like you're just filling time, then consider how else can you utilize your time so that you're not filling it, you're actually utilizing it to the best of your ability and doing things that are creative, that are fun, that are nurturing, that are healthy, and that definitely engage the right side of your brain. So give up two hours of Netflix and two hours of social media a week, and there's your time to do four hours of something that will really make you feel good about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Of course, this list is not all conclusive. It's simply my best 10 ideas for you as you move forward from this moment right now to engage your inner self, to nurture your inner self, and to engage that all-important creative right side of your very important and sacred brain. Well, there you have it. That is episode 186 of The Nurse Keith Show. Thank you for tuning in and hanging out with me this hour. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered, and I encourage you to take inspired action every day in the interest of your professional satisfaction and personal and professional development. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell of thepodcastinggroup.com. My thanks to Tim and his team, and special thanks to Mark Cappiespeason, who assists me very diligently with social media and promotion of Nurse Keith Coaching and The Nurse Keith Show. Stay positive, care for yourself and others, take inspired action in the interest of your career, and tune in again and again and again as we explore how to take your life and your career to the next level. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, and keep in touch. And adios till next time from beautiful and chilly Santa Fe, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs>